to chapter 17 tonight. I'm going to attempt to finish a message I started a couple weeks ago, and that is a message on reaching our potential. God has a plan for each and every one of us. We know that. We've been told that all our lives. But it's still true nonetheless. And it's sad that so many Christians walk around as if they have no purpose, no plan, and uh, they're just trying to feel their way through life. They're existing. And that ought not be. God has given us an abundant life. And we, uh, he, he wants us to enjoy this. Yes, we have eternal life. And I'm talking about right here, right now, we can live that abundant life. We can be in that uh, place where God is using us and, and we can reach our potential that God has created us for. And in Joshua chapter 17, uh, let's just read these uh, verses again to get ourselves back in the, in the context here of the message. And uh, 17, chapter 17 of Joshua, verse 12. Yet the children of Manasseh would not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. Yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxing strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute but did not utterly drive them out. So they didn't drive them out as they were supposed to, but just started taxing them. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself therein the land of the Perizzites and the giants uh, in Mount Ephraim be uh, too narrow for thee. And the children of, of Joseph said, The hill is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both they who are of Bethshean and her towns, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power, thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it, or the valleys there of it, shall be thine. For thou shalt uh, drive out the Canaanites, even those with the chariots of iron, though they have those iron chariots, and though they be strong. Our Heavenly Father, now again, give us wisdom as we look into your word, and then once we understand, help us to apply it. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm not going to take a lot of time rehashing what we've already discussed here. Maybe some of you were not here, though. But these people, the people of Manasseh here, God's people, uh, were coming into the promised land, into the Canaan land. And that, for us, that's that place of victory. That's that place where we can arrive, where we live that victorious life uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, But now for these people, the problem was they only had a partial obedience. What kept them from reaching the potential that God had called them to do, the, the place that God wanted them to be, it was the fact that they only partially obeyed. They drove out some of the Canaanites. They, they were there in the land, living there, but they didn't drive them all out. You remember there were some that they favored. Uh, they said, well, hey, this, this is a pretty good deal now. We got them. They're our slaves. They'll serve us. They'll pay, our, pay taxes to us. We can live better. They'll profit us. And so they kept them around. Again, applying that to our lives today, 
it's like a lot of uh, Christians who will favor certain sins. Oh, I know it's wrong, but I'm really not hurting anybody. And, and it, it's, uh, you know, just something I want to do. It's something that's part of me, whatever excuses we, we throw out there. We favor them rather than repenting of them and uh, getting right with God. And then also there was those they feared. There was those uh, Canaanites with the chariots of iron. They said, oh, we don't have a chance against them. Kind of goes back to some of their ancestors that said, we can't go into that promised land. Man, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. There's giants in that land. And they disobeyed God, and for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness till they died off. And now, uh, here they're... Their descendants are behaving the same way. Well, hey, we can't, we can't take that. I mean, they've got, they've got some tanks, you know. They've got some technology that we're just not going to be able to go up against. And they forgot who they were serving. Uh, they forgot. Think about it. They're at the walls of Jericho. It wasn't that long ago. They saw those walls crumble before their eyes. God do a miraculous uh, uh, event there, and yet... Now they, they uh, hesitate on obeying God because they feared. Well, let's not be too hard on them because we too have certain things in our life that, oh, I, I, you know, I just can't do that. It's, it's just too much for me. It's too powerful uh, for me. You know, habits are kind of like a tree. Uh, once we start that, uh, that habit, it's like that little sapling. If you want, you can pull that sapling out of the ground with your bare hands. But over years in time, that you're, you can grab hold of that tree, but you're not going to move it uh, with your, your own power uh, because it's grown roots and it's gotten larger. And that's what a habit does. We uh, begin to uh, live in that certain way. We've allowed these things in our life, and they, we're comfortable with it. And they've become a habit. And uh, we can't get rid of them, them ourselves. That's where we need to rely upon the Lord. Uh, power and his help and he will help if we ask if we depend on him and so that's where we left off and then I want to talk about another thing that's keeping us from reaching that promised land from reaching the potential that God has a uh, plan for us and that is a crippling pride look uh, if you would at verse um, verse 14 again I'll just read it and the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord has blessed me hitherto. So this is another thing that keeps people from reaching their potential. This, these, these same people who are unable to drive out the Canaanites are these same people who are unable to possess the land that God gave them. And God said, all you got to do is go in and take it. I, I've already taken care of all the, the details. It's yours. Uh, God had given it to them. But now they're asking for more. Now, they hadn't even possessed what they had, but they wanted, to, well, they wanted more. Um, again, we see that kind of mentality a lot today uh, where they are entitled. And they think, well, yeah, I should get more. I, I, I want more. I'm so great. Joshua, you don't understand. We're a great people. We need a bigger place, and we need a bigger lot, a bigger possession. Give me more. Why? Because I am a great people. Boy, the pride there. It paralyzed them. Pride will do that in our lives. It'll paralyze us from doing anything God wants us to do. Uh, pride, where we think that, you know what? I've arrived. I'm here. 
and I don't need to do anything more. Well, that'll keep us from living up to our potential. See, if you think you are what you ought to be, then you'll never be what God wants you to be. Uh, just think about that. If you think you are what you ought to be, you'll never be really what you ought to be, what the Lord wants you to be. The reason the Apostle Paul was, or one of the reasons he was such a great Christian and accomplished so much is because he never was satisfied with where he was spiritually. Listen, he said in Philippians 3.12, not that I have already attained, I haven't arrived, no, or were already perfect. I'm not perfect, he says. He says, I'm pressing on. I, I want to keep going forward, keep uh, looking for more. I want to know God in a more intimate way. I'm pressing on. There's more, Paul said, and I want it. Boy, that's the kind of attitude we should have as a Christian. Are you satisfied with your life tonight, with your spiritual life tonight? Are you satisfied? Um, the honest truth is none of us should be satisfied with where we are. We should say, Lord, I, I could pray more. I need to be a, a greater witness. I, I need to read your Bible more. I, I need, there's so much more. I, there's a, this next step in my Christian life. I know you, you've, been, you've been prompting me to take that step, and I've been holding back. Whatever it is. And uh, there's more. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you feel in a very real sense that you are all that you ought to be? And you're wondering why God isn't giving you more. Why God isn't giving you more possessions. Why You're wondering why God is not giving you greater, bigger opportunities. And why he's not pouring out the blessings on you. Uh, because after all, boy, you're pretty great, right? You're, you're, you know, uh, that's where we, we begin to think like that, like these people here. And... And we become satisfied with where we are, and we want God to do more for us. Is it any wonder that so many fail to reach their potential? We're paralyzed by pride. We think so much of ourselves. And it is pretty easy to do when we compare ourselves to some pretty rotten scoundrels out there in the world. We do look pretty good in comparison to them. But when we compare ourselves to Jesus Christ, boy, that puts us in our place, doesn't it? And so we are paralyzed by this pride. What an awful, uh, uh, just deceptive sin pride is. Think about it. Uh, if you, you, know, you talk to a person that, that has pride and they don't re really even see it. Uh, they think they're humble. They're proud of their humility. And yet, unlike uh, people who are committing many other sins, they know what they're doing is wrong. Uh, a lot of times, those that are, are, are paralyzed by pride aren't even really aware of the fact that uh, they are sinning against God. And we, uh, you know, oftentimes you hear a proud person say how um, they're proud that they're, they are not uh, like others, or they're proud that they uh, are... Uh, uh, able to uh, do what they do. A proud person says, well, I'm pretty humble. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a humble person. And it seems like the moment we say that, then we're not humble. Uh, so he's proud of his humility. It's a high-class humility. It's like the preacher who prepared a sermon on humility. And 
But the problem was he couldn't find a crowd big enough to preach it to. And uh, he was pretty proud uh, of his humility. I heard about a man who once received a medal for his humility. And he wore this medal and they took it away from him for wearing it. Um, and so humility, it's deceptive, it really is. Uh, we're always thinking that we're not proud. It's kind of like the Sunday school teacher, and she was teaching that, the Sunday school lesson about the publican and the Pharisee. You know, they went up to the temple to pray. You're all familiar with that story. And you remember how the, the uh, I almost said Republican, but the publican and the Democrat, I mean the Pharisee, uh, they went up to the temple to pray, and the Bible says the Pharisee stood there and prayed with himself. Well, no wonder he prayed with himself. When you hear his prayer, it was obvious. God wasn't there. He, he prayed with himself, and he said this, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men, how they are, in Luke 18, verse 11. He said, Lord, you know, I tithe, I do this, and I do that. And he said, I especially thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this old publican. I'm so thankful I'm not like him. Now, the publican, that, that's a tax collector. And he was despised by many. But he's over there in the corner. He wouldn't even so much as look up. Wouldn't even lift up his eyes. And Jesus said that he bowed his head. But he, and it says this, he smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Boy. And actually, the Greek says, be merciful to me, the sinner. What are you saying there? I'm the chief of sinners. I'm the worst of the worst. There was no pride in this, this man's life. He was humbled before a holy God, and he saw who he really was. And so God be merciful to me, a sinner, he said. And, and Jesus said, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other in Luke 18. So two men went to church here. One went home dignified, and the other went home justified. Now, praise God, I, I hope we don't. Uh, I, I'm afraid too many times Christians leave the church dignified because they're too stinking proud to confess their sins before God and admit where they are, uh, where they have needs. And uh, it's greater, isn't it great when we can go home justified? When we can go home knowing that, hey, we've, we've poured our heart out to God, we've gotten right with God, we've done business with the Lord. But the Sunday school teacher, she was teaching this lesson, and she did a great job until she got to the end. And after she finished telling the boys and girls about the, uh, the publican and the Pharisee, and she said, boys and girls, aren't you thankful that we're not like that old Pharisee? And that kind of, you know, even the old Pharisee, I mean, yeah, that, there shows the pride. And it kind of beat the, down the whole point of the message there, or the lesson. And this is the thing of pride. It is a devilish thing. And, uh, and I, I want to tell you uh, here tonight, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 5, that God, what does he do to the proud? He resisteth the proud in 1 Peter 5, 5. If there were ever a people that ought to be on their face before an almighty God, it's you and I. It's Christians today. Oh, Give me more, give me more, uh, Lord, I'm a great people, they said here. Lord, I deserve more. I want more, and therefore I should get more. 
And uh, that's what their attitude was. And we're boasting and bragging about our greatness. And the world is caving in on our head. You know, people are pounding on their chest saying what they've been not literally, but, but they're proud that they're not like those drug addicts. They're not like those people on the other side of the tracks. That we're not like whoever it may be that we're looking down our nose at. And, and yet uh, we're, we're too proud to see it's me, Lord, that's standing in the need of prayer. Um, oh, give us, Lord, a heart that, uh, of this, this publican here. God has said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. What will happen? And humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then God says, I'll hear from heaven. I'll hear and I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. Do you think America needs some healing? Yeah, I do too. And uh, I, I think this is the recipe right here where we humble ourselves. We seek the face of God. We turn from our wicked ways and, and uh, call upon him. Do you know where, what, what really what America needs right now? Yeah, that's exactly right. They need Jesus Christ. We've said that this morning uh, over and over. But um, where they need to be, where does America need to be? I know they say, oh, well, they go to the White House to try to get help. They go to uh, this authority or that authority or maybe some other country, and they're trying to get counsel and advice from them. But where America needs to be is on her face before Almighty God. We need to be crying and, and just squalling out before God and saying, oh, God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy. Well, we don't reach our potential because of partial obedience. We're obeying, but not fully. And keeping company with the Canaanites, that was their partial obedience. They were not to keep company with the Canaanites. And because of pride, crippling pride. Uh, and I don't think pride is ever more unseemly than it raises its head out of the muck and mire of failure. Even in, when we fail God, we still have the pride to say, well, it's not my fault. Uh, so here they were. They were failing to possess the, their possessions that God had given them, failing to do what God told them to do. And on the, the, the next, other, other side there, the, this coin that said, I'm a great people. We're a failure in the eyes of God. But let me remind you, Joshua, I'm a great people. Well, uh, they weren't seeing what they should have seen. Then last of all here, the misplaced priorities. Boy, this is a big one. Verses 17 and 18 uh, of Joshua here. And the children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough. They talked about how they wanted more here. Uh, so we get our priorities also mixed up. And we get our priorities in the wrong place. I, I think there's a, a very strong note of irony here and almost sarcasm in these verses, at least the way I see it. Uh, look there at verse 17. Thou art a great people and hast great power. Thou shalt not have uh, one lot only. That is, there's room for you to grow, is what Joshua is telling them. 
but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down. He means, you know, I've, I've already given you the mountains. You've got plenty. And, and, the, but, and it, it's a forest, and what you're supposed to do is go and clear it. That involves some work. They didn't want that. And the outgoings of it shall be thine, that is, the valley all around it shall be thine. For thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, thou, thou or though they have uh, iron chariots and though they be strong. Now, God's solution for these people who said, this land is not big enough for me. I deserve or I want more. I need bigger land. I need greater opportunities because, let me remind you, I'm a great people. And now God said to them, before you ask for more, before I'm going to give you any more territory, you get your priorities in your life straightened out here. And you take care of that which I've already given you. You haven't taken care of what I've given you. You haven't done what I've told you to do. So God's answer was very simple. They said, I want more land. I want more opp bigger opportunities, more blessings. I want more, more, more. And um, God says, you take care of what I've already given you. And when you clear the forest, when you drive out the giants, when you drive out all the Canaanites like I told you to do, then you will have more. All that land they're possessing, it's not theirs. Kick them out. It's your land. Take it. And so they, uh, but they didn't want it that way. They wanted it their way, just to have it uh, you know, handed to them on a silver platter. And so do you know the reason um, that it's so hard for some people to really understand uh, the Bible, to understand the truths in the Word of God, is because they're not obeying, they're not obeying a, a part of the Bible they already know. In other words, there's a lot in the Bible. I'll admit, I'm still learning. But why is, would God give us more of a, you know, understanding and a knowledge of his word if we're not even willing to obey what we do know. So that is such an important key. You want to understand God's word? You want God to open up the Bible to you and, and to where it becomes a, a living thing and, a, and in your mind and pour out his treasure house of knowledge more to you? Well, then do what you know you should be doing. Start obeying the part you already know. Uh, so many times people say, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Well, that's not really true. If they read the Bible at all, there's a lot there that's very clear what he wants us to do. I, I really don't understand. A person says, I, I really I, I don't understand what God's will is for me, but they're not willing to be faithful to the house of God. They're not willing to really read the Bible, study the Bible. They're not willing to take time to pray. And so... We're, where are they going to get that knowledge? If they just do what they know, God will begin to give them more. In Matthew 25, 29, it says, For unto every one that hath shall be given. Somebody says, Boy, I, wish, I sure wish I had more money. Well, I'm not sure why all people don't have more money. I'm not sure why everyone's not a millionaire, but I'll tell you why some Christians don't have more. And it's because... Maybe God can't trust them with that right now. Uh, um, you say, oh, I wish I had a million dollars. 
some people say that, and then I, you know, I'm wondering, well, what would you do with a million dollars? Oh, preacher, if I had a million dollars, I'd do this, I'd do that. Uh, you know, I'd do this for God, and I'd do that for God, and, and I'd do all these great things. Well, I'd give it to missions. And Well, if you'll do it with a million dollars, why aren't you doing it with $100? What I'm saying is it's not the amount. I'm just saying are you practicing, are you obeying the, the uh, truth of tithing, of uh, tithes and offerings, or uh, is it because um, if a person's not doing it, like the widow with her two mites, gave all. And uh, if a person's not doing it when they don't have the, the million dollars, what, what's going to change when they get the million dollars? They win the lottery. All of a sudden, boy, everything's changed. Uh, yeah, you go ahead and tithe on that lottery. Just don't tell me where it came from, okay? Um, but they, uh, they, they really won't change. Their heart's not changed. The amount of money they have you know what's going to happen? Like in a lot of cases of the lottery, how many times do you hear people winning the lottery? Millions, millions of dollars, and it's all gone in just a short amount of time. And they, they throw it all away, basically. Um, so, so before we begin to say, oh, I wish I had a million dollars, then I could do this and this, why don't we do what we know we should be doing now with what, what we have been given? We've been blessed. We, we may not have the million dollars, but if we have the $100 bill, what should we do with that? Tithe. We should, uh, you know, if God gives us a little extra, maybe we could help someone along the way, whatever, however the Lord leads. Um, but if you're not interested in missions and you're not faithful to tithing with, a, with the $100 that you have, it's not going to change guys, when you get that million dollars. He that is faithful in that which is the least is faithful also in much. And the reason that we don't have much many times is because we've not been faithful uh, with little. Now, I, I'm not trying, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that if, if we all would just do the right thing, we'll all be millionaires. No, uh, there's no way. I, I don't know why all the things, the way they work out. But I do know this. If we are not obedient with the means that we have now, just because we get more, it's not going to change. The heart hasn't changed. And uh, because when they get more, what does the person who has much, what do they want? They want more. Uh, yeah, if that's all they're living for is money, uh, sure, that's it. They're never satisfied. And I know you're thinking, boy, it sure would be fun to try to get satisfied with a million dollars. But anyway, I think you understand the point here. If you want bigger opportunities, greater, opportunity, greater uh, uh, opportunities to come your way and blessings, um, you better start clearing the forest where you are. You better start doing what God wants you to do where you are with the means that you have right now. Uh, they want God to give them something so they uh, wouldn't do uh, what God wanted them to do in the first place. So well, why would God give them more? So uh, we need to use the full potential of what we have. Now let me give you, uh, you know, here, so some of you are, some people, they say, well, I want a, a better job. And, oh, God, I just hate my job. I want a better job, a better paying job, a bigger job, uh, whatever. And I want to give you a clue here of getting that bigger, better job. Anybody, maybe you could pass this along. 
Uh, as I hear people, you know, there's one thing a lot of people complain about, it's their job, right? Um, and they want something bigger or better. And, 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 and I, I understand to a degree, but listen, what we ought to do is go to work on Monday, go to work that next day that we're complaining, I mean, and do the job like it's never been done before. Let's remind ourselves. You say, well, preacher, you don't know that jerk I work for. No, I may not. But I do know this. If you're a Christian, you're really working for the Lord. That's how it's supposed to be. And so you do that job as unto the Lord. And you, you uh, it doesn't matter who's your boss. Let, and, and again, you're working for Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Not with eye service as men pleasers. Cut down the trees, drive out the giants where you are. Live to a maximum capacity with what God has already given you. And I believe that's the key there. So then God can be free to give us more. If we've used what God has given us already and we're using it to the max, and uh, then God will bless and, and move in more miraculous ways. So are you... And that's the question, I guess. Are you maximizing the potential that God has given, given you? Are you living uh, to capacity? If not, I guess the question is, why not? The reason that some are not doing it is, really, I think it comes down sometimes. We're just plain lazy. We, we don't want to do the work. We're sitting and wishing for changes to take place, but we're not really willing to do what God has called us to do right here, right now. So the Lord provides the fishing, but we need to dig the bait. I guess that's the way we could put it. So now God will give you a, a bigger opportunity. He'll increase your capacity when you live up to the capacity that you already are in. Now, as I close, I wanna, want you to notice two things that the Lord told these people to do. And we're talking about getting our priorities straight, getting them right. Number one, remove the things that clutter our lives. There in verse 18, God had already given them the mountains, and they were complaining about not having more. He says, you got all these mountains. Oh, but they got woods. There's trees there. Cut them down. Cut them down. Clear the land. And there's nothing wrong with trees. That is, unless they're, they're they, you know, you want to build a house. Unless you, you're, you're, you want to plant uh, some corn and, and you want to grow wheat or a vineyard or whatever, build roads, then there, there's going to be a problem. You need to remove the trees. They had the land. They had the opportunities, but they weren't taking advantage of them. And trees are a, a beautiful thing, no question about it. They're harmless things that provide shade. But if the trees are cluttering the land, then they have no right to say there's not enough room. There's plenty of room. Joshua's telling them, if you'll just cut the trees down. Now, what am I trying to say? In our lives, we get a lot of clutter, right? Aren't you surprised how it seems our, with all of these conveniences, all of this technology that we have, it, it seems like we should have the most luxurious life of all of history. But it appears that now, even more than it used to be 100 years ago, we don't have time to do what we need to do. That's what it appears, I say. And, and it is really a matter of our, our priorities. Um, 
We need to get some clutter out of our lives. Whatever it is that's consuming our time, our walk with God, we need to get rid of it. Uh, it, It's an insult to God when we say, I don't have time. We have all the time that God has given us. Some say, I don't have time to read and study my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to witness. God gives every one of us 24 hours a day. And you have enough time in every day to do gracefully everything that God wants you to do. But do you want the reason that um, a lot of us don't do it? We're not doing the things that God wants us to do because we don't want to clear out the clutter. We don't want to get rid of those things in our life. Think about it. Some of the things that we have latched onto that, we, that are cluttering our lives, they, they may not be sinful, but we're hanging on to them as if they're the most important things. When you and I stand before the Lord, they're not going to have any meaning at all. The things that we hold so dear and we think are so valuable now, when we are uh, uh, standing before our Savior, none of those things are going to matter. And so just keep that in mind. There is no substitute for a quiet time with God. Not at all. And some of us are so busy uh, being, you know, sometimes even doing good things that we don't have time to be holy and be alone with Almighty God. That's not God's plan. Sometimes uh, we can get so active in church work. If we're not taking time alone with God, uh, we got our priorities messed up. Now, let me get to the second one. Remove the things not only that clutter our lives, but remove the things that corrupt our lives. Let, let me just go ahead and read verse 18 in closing. But the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down. So remove the clutter, and um, the outgoings of it shall be, that, or shall be thine, the valleys shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. The Canaanites that we favor and the Canaanites that we fear are supposed to be driven out and uh, driven out of our lives. And you say, but hasn't God gotten this backwards here? I mean, don't you think that the first of all that, that, that uh, we ought to drive out the Canaanites and then clean up the clutter, cut down the trees, get rid of the Canaanites first? Well, but that's not the, the way Joshua told it. Um, in fact, before you go to battle, you, uh, be, be, before you, you uh, fight that battle, you better clear off a spot to do the fighting. So God told them, to, you know, cut the trees down. They're supposed to drive out the Canaanites, but they could do all of these things. They don't have to uh, wait for one or the other to happen. It's far more important. Listen. You know, it, it'll be a great day in our lives when we, when we learn to worship um, and uh, that it comes before warfare. That we get be with God, that we draw on His power, on His wisdom before we go out in the world and try to fight the battles that are, are waging around us. It's far more important for you to get the things out of, a, out of your life, the clutter that clutters your life. Isn't it amazing what we collect over the years? You know, maybe it's down in the basement, maybe it's out in the, up above the garage or, or up in the attic. And, but isn't it amazing? And uh, you can go up there. I'll never forget, um, uh, well, Virginia's house. Boy, that was, 
she's had everything from, I must have been uh, since uh, the World War II. And, um, and then, well, even my mother, she was, she had a lot of things. Uh, you remember Dee, boy, Dee, she had a lot of things too, didn't she? And uh, just that color, but, but that's my, my point in this is, is that uh, we need to get whatever it is that's cluttering up our lives, that, that's uh, uh, hindering us from doing what God wants us to do. Um, we need to get it out of our lives. So don't you want to live your life to the fullest, to the potential that God has called you to, what he's called you to do? Wouldn't, it, uh, wouldn't you like to be all that you could be? And sometimes we settle, we say, well, no, I guess I never could do that. Well, with God, nothing is impossible. So then let's not be like the children of Manasseh, children who failed to possess the possessions that God had already given them. Um, they had the tragedy, though, of just partial obedience. They didn't go all the way. Let's determine tonight that, God, when I see it, when I understand it, I'm going to obey it. Let's make that commitment to God. Uh, let's, let's get rid of that pride in our lives. It's not about us. It's not, we, we can't do it. We're helpless without God. But with God, all things are possible. And so we don't deserve it. But we're going to work not for our own glory, but for his glory. Not, not for our own purpose, but to reach the lost people around us. And then uh, get our priorities straight. Uh, wanting more before they had taken care of what they had already had. And so many times we think about all the things we don't have, and we miss the things that we have right here, uh, right here with us. And so take advantage of what God has given you. Use it to the fullest for his glory. Let's pray together.